covering the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, talking about these games are easy. 7-3, to three, the Brewers cruise in game one over the Padres. Rowdy Telez is back. Brandon Woodruff is back. They struck out 17 batters. That's the most that the Padres have struck out in the game this season. This is ridiculous when the blueprint looks that easy tonight. And the Padres are the Padres, but this is wild. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. We're with Jeff Cirillo here tonight. And, and Rillo, on a night that... The Brewers honor CC Sabathia, welcome him back 15 years since that epic 2008 season. That here he is, and he gets to watch a dominant pitching performance led by Brandon Woodruff. Oh my gosh, Brandon Woodruff tonight. I mean, this is a guy that's starting to really put the pieces together, and then you start really thinking about it and crystal ball this thing a month, you know, away, and you and you look at the, the top the top three like the Burns or the Woodruff. You look at Peralta. And then you look at this bullpen. You got two guys in a, in a blowout type of win, throwing 101, 102, 103, and not even touching the back end of the bullpen with Piams, Figueroa, and Williams. And you start seeing the pieces, and you start to dream a little bit for sure. It's easy to get ahead of ourselves, but it is August 25th. Let's just also get out of the way too. The Cubs lost tonight. They lost to the Pirates two to one, and the Reds are losing to the Diamondbacks. It's five to one currently in the top of the sixth inning. So by the end of the night, the Brewers are guaranteed to be uh, four games clear in the Central Division, and they could be five games clear of the Reds at the end of the night, too. So they're starting to fade, and the wild card's getting pretty interesting. But that's just a quick little standings update. But uh, with Woodruff, I I was impressed that the Vila was there. We can talk about that 16-pitch battle a little bit later, but the fact that he got six innings complete, and to me, not allowing a base runner in that sixth inning against that portion of the order, the, the Tatis and the Machado portion of the order, I thought that was... Everything I needed to see, oh, man, he, he is healthy, he is back, and 107 pitches. Craig Council knows he's feeling good if he's going to trust a guy who had a shoulder injury earlier this year with 107 pitches in a game in August. Yeah, you're right. I am dreaming a little bit. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he's getting cranked up, and not only is he he's, he's backing up with 98, I think his, his best fastball of the night was, was blowing away Tatis there after Tatis was 2-for-2. Two two. Uh, just the devastating writing fastball at plus velocity, and then the, the two-one changeup or the or the behind-in-the-count changeup that drops off the table. You know, just for me as a hitter, watching him and trying to scout it out and trying like, okay, how would I uh, I go about it? You know, that's a really devastating combination when you have that kind of ride and that kind of um, sink to the uh, the changeup. So, I mean, this is one of those one of those things, Dom. Like, you, you kind of penciled the schedule in, in the schedule. You look at the Padres coming to town. You got Darvish in there, and you got all these big names. But you know, um, the Padres. It, it, it's it's funny because you don't win championships on paper. You know, you got to play it. And you know, obviously, the Brewers are they're putting it together. I mean, the, the Padres and all of that money and all of those all stars are seven games under five hundred and out of the playoff picture. Uh, don't believe the media that's telling you that the Padres are in this. They are not in this. Watching this team against the Brewers tonight, I'm sorry, San Diego. It's not happening. The body language is bad. The 
you know, uh, the uh, approach is bad. So many looks. I mean, Soto's having a weird year. He's still an elite hitter, but uh, I, you see the difference of culture and the stuff, the intangibles. And it, it, I look at this team, man. Uh, it doesn't make sense, truly. It, it, and it doesn't matter who the manager is, clearly, because Jace Tingler didn't get it to work. Now Bob Melvin, who's arguably the, the next best manager in baseball, couldn't get it to work either. So this, this is wild to see that happen. But at the same time, you got to tip your cap to what the Brewers did tonight to that offense. I don't care what their record is. I see that lineup. Hassan Kim would be an MVP candidate in any other year. You still got Fernando Tatis Jr. and all of his qualms and all of his issues. He's still a great hitter. Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, uh, Juan Soto. I mean, that is a big league, one through five, and the Brewers completely held them in check. Right. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it many times on this broadcast and on your show. You know, it all starts and stops with a guy on the mound, right? And, and when you walk through that lineup, just being a position player, and you look, you know, and I'm sure Council's got the lineup up by 2 o'clock, 2.30, before any player gets to the field. And you go and you look at who's, who's towing the rubber that night, and it really doesn't matter who's out there. And then you're like, all right, if we get the lead by the sixth, seventh inning, you know, and you just got all this power arms coming out of the bullpen. You know, it's one of those ones that, that I mean, you, you sleep quick, you get a quick sleep, and you can't wait and get excited to go to the ballpark where you're going to have a, a full house. And just, you know, there's nothing like winning with, uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers in that town. When when this bullpen too, I want to make sure we talk about those guys. You you, you mentioned the fact that you get to stay away from Piguero, Piams, and Williams. That really hasn't happened all that often lately. But I mean, Uribe, Craig Council said, and we'll play the audio a little bit later in the show. But Craig Council said to the media earlier that I don't need to see anything more. I I know what I have back there in the bullpen. Just a kid that is in his first month as a big leaguer. Here's his stat line here, Jeff. 18 games, 18 and two-thirds innings, just 12 hits allowed. That's a 188 batting average. Just two earned runs allowed, so that's an 096 ERA. Seven walks and 22 strikeouts, all while sitting 100 miles an hour. And he's and it was seven to one when he came into the game. He's not even throwing leverage all the time. They just needed to get him some work. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right, but he's one of those guys. But the more he goes out there, and the more he gets his shutdown inning, uh, you know, Craig's been one of those guys. I mean, we've seen it for years, and especially this year. You know, I mean, if, if you're producing, you know, you become a winning pitcher. And and like you said, the, the, there's so many luxuries that he has down there in that bullpen. But watching this kid pitch, I mean, it's electric, right? It's it's not only 100, 100 up to 103. But it's got heavy sink, and then he's got a slider. I was texting with uh, Flanagan, Tom Flanagan, actually during the game. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy has got an electric arm. Uh, and he goes, I'm like, that sinker. He goes, Jeff, I think, was, I think his sinker's his best pitch. And this guy's coming in in a 7-1 blowout. It's wild. And we also saw a little more of the slider. Sometimes he forgets, oh, yeah, I also have a 91-mile-an-hour slider. Uh, let me just give this to you real quick, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. I'm not expecting you to know this name. Do you know the name Taylor Floyd? He's a right-handed pitching prospect. Taylor Floyd, do you know that name? No, I don't. Yeah, so he's the guy that the Brewers traded to the Twins in order to acquire Trevor McGill. And, I mean... Oh, by the way, here's another guy that throws 100 miles an hour non-leverage. And since he's come back from AAA, he's been unscored upon his last 
four outings that's spanning over five and a third innings. He's found something new with that tighter curveball. It's mimicking well with the fastball. And he's also obliterating the side, having no issues as well. And another guy that, yeah, he's probably the fifth or sixth man on the totem pole right now in the bullpen because that's the luxury that this team has. That's right. I mean, and, and you look at teams that win in the playoffs, all you have to do is look back one year ago at the Houston Astros, and you look at their starting rotation, and you look at their bullpen, and it was just, it's not like they hit a great thing, especially in the, against the Mariners. It was just all pitching, and so, I mean, and, I mean, if history is any indication, you know, it's the pitching in the playoffs that, that, that beats a good hitting. This is a, a fun stretch right now. And just to look ahead real quick, as before we take our first break of the show, 855-616-1620, if you want to text or call in, just counting out the days here. One, two, three, four. The next day that Brandon Woodruff could start would be Wednesday against the Cubs. Now, that would be the fifth day, unless they want to give him that off day, give him an extra day off, and go for the Phillies. I don't think so. I, I think they'd rather just stick to the regular rest, given they have the extra day coming into this. But, whew, I, I, I'm certainly excited. It's probably going to give him the extra day, quite frankly, now that I redo the math in my head. Yeah, there's only four games. Uh, but, yeah, shoot, you got Burns on Tuesday and Woodruff maybe on Wednesday against the Cubs. Sign me up for that. Yeah, exactly right. It doesn't matter. I mean, and Dom, I'm telling you, as a player, you know, playing behind um, a team like that. And the other thing too is like it's one of those ones too. And you look, you look ahead, right? I mean, remember when, the, when we go to the Braves, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, we're going to run into Maddox, we're going to run into Glavin, we're going to run into Smoltz. I mean, there's no way to avoid it. It's coming, and we're going to get them. So it's one of those ones where you kind of look at the look at the three day look look ahead, and you kind of with, the, with one eye open, hoping you'll miss one of these three guys. This is going to be a very fun weekend. Keep it going against the Padres. Bring some momentum into Wrigley Field. Six-game winning streak is tied for the longest of the year for the Brew Crew. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all year long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities that's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come with Jeff after this on WTMJ. Welcome back. Dom Catronio, Jeff Cirillo here tonight. We're going with you until 11.30 this evening. Get to a few texts here, a couple of questions. A quick one out of the way here from Austin in Arlington, Wisconsin. Do you think we'll see Robert Gasser at some point this season? Could be an effective lefty arm out of the pen. I'd be shocked. Uh, he pitched very well tonight. I think they want to keep him as a starter, six innings. Uh, I, I think if they're going to bring up somebody in the organization that's a lefty and trying to help things out. It could be Aaron Ashby. Uh, Ashby's been here this weekend. In fact, going to try to track him down for one of these Brewers warm-ups this weekend uh, and talk about his rehab process, what he's feeling, how things are going. I think it would be Ashby would be the candidate rather than uh, Robert Gasser, who could be in the rotation next year. This one from Josh in Milwaukee. That was a nice balanced win, a productive offense, and some add-on runs proved to be important tonight. Really like what we're seeing from Maribe and McGill. They get my shout-out tonight. Chafin really struggled since he got here. The D-backs know something. He certainly struggled, but remember, his first three outings were scoreless. Granted, they were blowouts. But I look at things with Chafin, and this is how we'll wrap up the pitching discussion before we get into the offense. Jeff, I I look at Chafin. I I know you're going to say back to the baseball card, but at the same time, 
We can look even at baseball savant, some of the extra stuff here. I mean, the slider is still one of the best pitches in baseball. And you saw tonight, he's throwing non-competitive sliders where it's easy to take and then it all relies on the sinker. And the sinker is a pitch that's built for contact. You're not going to strike out many guys with that. And uh, finding that command with the slider again is going to be everything, in my opinion, for Andrew Chafin down the stretch here. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the loss has dipped a little bit uh, from years past. And, and like you said, it's the slider. I mean, this guy's always been a guy that, that it's not like he's just had great um, controlled numbers, uh, but he's a winner and he's an athletic guy. I've talked about the baseball card, um, stuff coming out of me, but there's just so many options down in, in the bullpen. And obviously this is a great time uh, for Craig to get him some, some, some inning, some, some burn out there to get his confidence going. But going forward, uh, just in the present and, and for the next week or so, you know, you're probably not going to see this guy in like really tight competitive situations. Not based on what what he has brought before and what he has done in the past. It's just the options that he has down there. It's just, it's just plentiful. And, and uh, get to the phone lines here real quick as we wrap up the uh, pitching conversation because I do want to talk Rowdy. I do want to talk Willie. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Want to get to the phones. Uh, let's get to Spencer out in Salt Lake. You're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just, like, I'm blown away by Trevor McGill. I mean, I think I was kind of sleeping on him a little bit, but... I mean, is this for real right now? Did he find his command for good? I mean, it's hard to tell. We've seen a few really good, you know, innings out of him. But, I mean, this is just crazy what I'm seeing because last time I saw him, he was all over the place. Yeah, he, he certainly found something going in the right direction. And command is everything for a reliever. Nobody wants to go to a guy that you think is going to walk the bases loaded. And that's also one of the things that the Brewers found with Abner Uribe, right? When they got his command back, he rocketed through the system. You look at... McGill, since the the Braves game where he had to come in and mop up duty, gave up two runs and that elite lineup, went back down to AAA. uh, And in his last now eight games, including tonight, he has thrown eight and two-thirds innings with just one walk, Jeff. One walk. And he's also got 12 strikeouts in that span. Right. I mean, you look at look at stuff-wise, right? And I mean, again, going back to my days when you played and you look at the scouting report and you look at this guy – so you're trying to eliminate stuff. Obviously, he's got a big fastball, 100 miles an hour. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, relievers are one of those ones. It's a fickle bunch, but I mean, Chris Hook and staff have done such a great job. I mean, if you were going to the season, you'd say that Pagaro and Piamps are going to be your, you know, your seven and eight guy to bridge to Williams. Uh, you'd be a little bit worried, right? I mean, Piamps and even Pagaro, you know, their command control wasn't great, but you know, you never give up on guys that have stuff and, and Miguel's obviously in that bucket. It, this is a, a team that is built on its pitching, but on nights like tonight, when the offense arrives as well, Rowdy Telez, man, uh, a home run in over, uh, it's been over two and a half months. His last homer had been 124 at-bats ago back in May, and it was a shot to right center field. He goes two for four tonight. He's DHing. Santana's been playing first, and quite frankly, moving forward, I'm A-OK with that because having Thump in the middle of that order, if Rowdy is finally healthy and finally good to go, man, sign me up for that. Right, and, and, and with Carlos Santana, right? I mean, just at first, you know, people were kind of like, man, yeah, what's this guy got? He's not really bringing anything. But you look at the, his leadership, you know, he's hit some big home runs. He plays a very good first base. Uh, and for Telez, you know, it's almost like a do-over, right? He was hurt. You know, he got a reprieve. He went down to AAA. He kind of got his timing right. He got healthy. Uh, and, and it's one of those guys, I mean, but I, I, even if when Roddy Telez was struggling, you know, he still had a presence about him. 
Uh, and so it was great to see him hit a home run. And uh, going forward, he's going to be a, a big guy. It's just another another guy that's got some power and some thumb that can change this game. And obviously, a three-run homers are great, especially with this Brewers bullpen. And, and they're game changers, too, because the way I look at it, I mean, that inning in, in the middle part of this game, it felt like April again, right? When this team was getting hit after hit after hit, clutch two strike hits, getting on base by any means necessary, lost in the shuffle. Willie had a clutch two strike, two out RBI single to set up the Roddy to Les Homer. That's what was happening in April. Now we're seeing it again in August, that sustainable offense that we try to talk about a lot on this show where you're not relying on the home run, but you apply so much pressure to an opposing pitcher that it's bound to pop, make a mistake, and when you have a guy in the middle of your order, Willie still hit over 30 homers last year. Rowdy still hit over 30 homers last year. And if they're going to get hot at the right time here for the final 34 games... I mean, that's what you're trying to do. If you can survive the dog days, it's now you get into race season, right, where you're fired up to get to the ballpark every day. And if Rowdy's in the middle of this order providing pop, I mean, that 3-4-5, that, that should provide enough pop down the stretch here for the crew. Right, and we're not asking for a ton of runs, right? All you need is basically that magic number of four that gets it done, uh, especially now that the bullpen's even, been, I mean, even the bullpen's being stretched more and these starters are all coming back kind of healthy. Um, but at the, the, the same time, I mean, Telez coming back, but I, I think that Adamus, I mean, I, I feel like it's almost like I felt it like he reached his lowest point when it was at Dodger Stadium and 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. I think he struck out to end the game. You know, I mean, they almost walked Stafford intentionally, you know, in that game to, to set up to get to Adamus. So I think uh, ever since that game when he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, he's seen a new guy. He's been finding it, and he's using the opposite field as well for a couple of RBIs, a couple of hits today as well. A couple of texts here. This one from Aaron in Illinois. What a difference with Adamas producing at the plate, the rotation with a healthy Woodruff and Wade Miley. They can pretty much match up with any of them. Uribe is going to be an important piece down the stretch here. In 17 games at a game, what is the Brewers' record for a 9 inning game? Well, they've actually got it three times this year. 18, they've done twice against the Reds, and they did it against the Rangers last week, and shoot, they're one strikeout away from doing it again today, and the pitching staff has been phenomenal. But I look at this box score here, Jeff, with you. As you know, the player of the game, the poll just closed on my Twitter, and Brandon Woodruff won it, but Rowdy Telez, two for four, four runs batted in tonight. The middle of the order, Canna had two hits, Santana had two hits, Contreras reached base twice as well, and I, I, I glare to one zero that pops out to me and I'm not trying to you know freak anybody out the Brewers are doing a lot of this offense and I think back to the Rangers series too they're doing a lot of this without Christian Yelich performing like he was in the middle portion of the season and imagine when he gets going again what this offense could look like and what things could be in September they're doing this really with Yelly pulling a lot of ground balls right now yeah, that's the thing about about really good lineups, right? Because you know you're not going to stay hot for the whole season, you know. But so Yelich is maybe hitting a little bit low and just seeing some ground balls that aren't getting through, or whatever his timing's off just a little bit. So you have all the rest of the guys that can pull pull the wagon, right? And so you know the Yelich will get hot again. Uh, it's one of those ones, but these guys like Santana and the 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 additions and, and not giving up anything from your farm system, you know, which is what the number two or three three farm system in baseball. So what they're doing, I mean. It's just kind of the, the Brewers' way where they kind of added a couple pieces, waited for a, guy, a couple guys to get healthy with Telez and Woodruff and, and not giving up anything in their farm system, which protects their future. So for me, I mean, Yelich will get his, but um, it's just nice to see that other guys are kind of carrying the load right now. 
They certainly are. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Does McGill replace the Elvis Piamps Williams setup? No, but he's available. You know, if for some reason a starter goes shorter, you can bring in McGill. You'll feel confident uh, to set the stage for the the other leverage guys that have been doing it all year, like Hobie, like Abner, and Piamps and Piguero. And Williams. It's never a bad thing to have depth in your bullpen. Uh, mentioned that Brandon Woodruff was the player of the game. It's brought to you by the Salvation Army. Brewers fans, every day the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Back with another segment with Jeff after this on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. 855-616-1620. Let's knock out our difference-making moment here real quick, Jeff, and we can talk a little bit grander of the stage here. The difference-making moment is brought to you by NX Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to NXWealth.com. Seven to three, the final. What was your difference-making moment, Jeff? Well, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go Woodruff just walking through the door and being healthy. You know, when you walk through that clubhouse and seeing Woodruff's name on the thing, it just kind of galvanizes the whole team. But I'm gonna go with Rowdy Teleza's game-breaking three on Homer. Pretty easy one. Yeah, it certainly makes sense. I'm gonna go with the the bat right before it that I mentioned in the last segment. The fact that you know Willie Adamas, you know, even just two weeks ago. You're in that situation, and you're kind of holding your breath. You're biting your nails. You've got a nervous tap of your foot. And he falls behind 0-2 on you, Darvish, an elite hitter and, or elite pitcher. And Willie manages a single up the middle and brings home an RBI, extends the inning for Rowdy, and it just – the hits kept coming, the hits kept coming, the hits kept coming, and then boom, Rowdy sends it out of here. And the fact that Adamas just kept the inning alive I thought was massive for the Brewers to make sure they pushed this one over the finish line and uh, put a five spot on the board there in the big third inning. Looking at the bigger picture, as another quick scoreboard update right now, uh, as they always do, the Reds are not going away quietly. Uh, they have scored three runs in the top of the sixth inning. It is now a 6-4 to four game. Diamondbacks with the lead. They are now through six innings. Nick Martini, shout out, has a, a couple of home runs today for the Reds, including a three-run shot off of the uh, Diamondbacks bullpen. But the Reds, even if they win, they'll be four games back. They don't have the tiebreaker. The Cubs lost today. They're four games back and a tiebreaker to be determined. As I'm not going to forget about Saturday and Sunday, but for this segment and these next couple of minutes, Jeff, as I look to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'd argue that those three games, that's kind of your trial run of a wild card series. Because you're going to get to see Burns and Woodruff as things stand right now. Looks like probably going to be Miley on Monday. And the reason why I say this is your test, because you don't know how your rotation is going to be able to line up down the stretch. And I'd like to see the Brewers find a way to clinch this division before that Cubs series at the end of the year. Because I don't want any any funny business happening. Uh, but at the same time, I, I really feel like these three games is going to set the tone for the final month of the season. Yeah, I, I mean it'll be it'll be a fun uh, fun fun series. I, I, I think it, you can't really look look too far ahead because you get the Padres, uh, you know. But it's fun to talk about and, and get excited for, for future series. But you know, look, I mean, I, I mean, 
I, I just looking at, at teams coming through. I just don't think there's anyone in baseball right now that really wants to, to take on the Brewers and, and and what they got going on, especially with the starting rotation. I mean, it's just one of those ones you got to get to them early. Uh, you got to get runs early on them because the the, the games get get shrunken so quickly. And uh, over the last six games now for the Brewers, let me just read you their offense's stat line, right? Everyone talks about, oh, the offense stinks, the offense stinks, the offense stinks. Well, over their last six games, they are now averaging better than six runs a game, just shy, just shy of seven runs a game right now. A three oh two batting average, a three ninety on base, a four seventy four slug that makes an eight sixty four OPS. All the while, they have twenty eight walks and thirty eight strikeouts. That's an elite stuff with only with two hundred fifty plate appearances. That's some ridiculous stuff there. All this talk about the offense, and I know they're white hot right now, but if you can regress more toward, you know, just past the mean, if you will, where they're averaging five runs a game, four runs a game, that's plenty for this pitching staff. You're seeing the signs of when they're healthy, when they have the personnel that they want. They are a dangerous team with the offense. Sure, they're not going to hit a million home runs, but it's a sustainable offense that's going to make a pitcher sweat on the other side. You're exactly right, and it just puts a little bit more pressure. And now that the offense and, and look, I mean, you know, hitters take, you know, they, they want to be accountable and they will be like, well, wait a minute, you know, just, uh, it's not all about the pitching, right? So they have a lot of personal pride. Uh, and it's just, again, just extending that lineup, right? And Santana, and then you got Canada starting to swing the bat and then you got Donald swinging the bat and then you, and then you pull in, um, Telez back into the lineup, uh, and even Terang, so, you know, having a much better second half. So, and then you put that with the elite defense that they're throwing, and then you have the bullpen, you know, and it looks like, you know, this isn't a fluke, and it's not just because they're in the, the NL Central playing, right? You know, it's just like, it looks like one of those ones that they're, that they're good enough to play against the big boys. And then you don't just look for the playoffs, right? You look for playoff matchups, and then you look for something where you get hot, really hot in the playoffs, and then you make a run at the World Series. And, oh, by the way, uh, all this smack talk about the NL Central, there is still an opportunity that all three of these teams – the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Reds make the postseason. Okay, the Giants are free-falling. The Diamondbacks are struggling. The Marlins, I don't know if they have enough offense. Uh, and Philly's still at the top, but it's just like, I mean, you could still have the Brewers win the Central and the Cubs and the Reds be the final two teams in as well. So they ain't going anywhere. They're still going to play games. Obviously, the Brewers can't control against the Reads, but they've only got six games head-to-head with the Cubs. That's why I point out next week, of creating separation head-to-head because then the Cubs and the Reds are going to face each other after the Brewers and Cubs face each other. So there is going to be a lot unfolding in the division in the next week, and I just can't wait to scoreboard watch with you, Jeff. Yeah, that's exactly right. But you, you can definitely see, you know, all through baseball, right, there's definitely a separation going on in baseball. You know, if you jump over to the American, American League, right, you got the, the, the Mariners that are just, you know, nipping on the heels of the Rangers who are really struggling. You know, and then you have the Blue Jays, and those teams are all trying to, like, really, you know, catapult themselves. And it's definitely seem like that the, the, the front runners in this thing are definitely making a push. Uh, and, and it's no different in the National League, too, right? You have three really good teams in the NL Central, but, you know, it all comes back to the starting pitching and that bullpen for the Brewers that I, I feel is really going to push them over the, the finish line. Yeah, I mean, shoot, at the end of the night, there's a chance that the Mariners, as they're currently leading 
on the Royals right now. There's a chance that they will be in first place with the Texas Rangers here coming up at the end of the night uh, as the Rangers and the Astros lost over there. And just every time I look at the AL West, I mentioned this on Brewers Weekly last night, it just makes me laugh that the Brewers, they swept the Texas Rangers. They won two out of three against the Astros. They won. Uh, they swept the Mariners in Seattle. They won two out of three against the Angels, and they got swept at home by the Oakland A's. Because baseball exists just to mess with your head, Jeff. I know that was crazy. You know, I mean, you think back to May, and you're like, "Wow, how are the Brewers, you know, staying even above 500 when you know they could have gotten swept by the Detroit Tigers, and then they got swept in the probably their low point of the season by the Oakland A's." But like you said, you know, everyone's dangerous with a bat in their hand and a ball in their glove. This is a a fun team to follow and watch, and we'll have more to talk about here coming up tomorrow as uh, the Brew Crew getting ready to rip Freddie Peralta. He has been, by the stats, the best pitcher in baseball in the second half. So we're looking forward to talking about it tomorrow with you. Jeff Cirillo here on WTMJ. Great talk. Good job, Tom. Awesome. Jeff Cirillo here on the show. Take a breather, tell you about who's hot, give you some numbers. Let's chew on those, get a few texts in as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Just getting going. Halfway home, we're going to the bottom of the hour right here on WTMJ. Coming along here on the show, let me get to a few texts here. I'm right behind Dom Catronio with you here. It's good text. Agree with most that's been discussed. I'm almost 70 and love baseball. Like the old line about business, location, location, location. In baseball, it's pitching, pitching, pitching. Ironically, in pitching, it's also location, location, location. Appreciate the text there as well. A lot of talk about Andrew Chafin. Uh, as not, you know, a lot of talks about what's he going, what are you going to do with him, what's he doing. He's the bottom of the barrel right now. And if you can't trust him in a 7-1 game, you probably can't trust him at all. But sometimes you need someone to get the final three outs. And in a game like tonight, if he can't get through that, it's got to happen sooner as opposed to later. The good news is rosters are going to expand. You get another reliever in there coming up in just a week time. And uh, things will be uh, pretty good. So I- I'm looking forward to seeing what the Brewers can do uh, out of the back end of the bullpen. But I, I think tonight made it clear they're not going to trust Andrew Chafin in a uh, leverage situation anytime soon. Like, if he's coming in for some reason, if Hobie Milner is not available for it tonight and he needs to come in to get one lefty out, I don't know what they would do at that point, uh, you know, in the sixth inning or something like that. If they stick with the guy, you know, it's certainly troubling. But again, I, I still could see Aaron Ashby being in this bullpen in September. They're mulling their options because the velo hasn't quite come fully back, but we're going to learn more from him over the weekend. Uh, another tweet came in earlier. Just want to give some kudos, overdue kudos to Council, Matt Arnold, and the rest of the gang with the Brew Crew. Absolutely, because you look at this bullpen. I was thinking about this the other day with a colleague, that the Brewers' bullpen, and we've talked about the fact that they're kind of the guys that, you know, the rest of the national media world doesn't really know who they are. They think of them as journeymen and things of that nature. But... Let's talk about the bullpen, right? Devin Williams, homegrown, right? Second-round pick way back in 2013. Yoel Piamps traded in maybe the best trade in a long time for the Brewers, getting William Contreras here as well. Elvis Peguero traded in the Hunter Renfro deal that a lot of people were not happy with at the time. Um, I'm pretty happy with it right now. And you still got Adam Seminaris, who just got activated back in double-A. He is back off the injured list as well. 
So Piguero has been a good piece. And uh, Jansen Junk even started the game for the Brewers back in Arizona earlier this year. Hobie Milner, free agent that they groomed up and got things going after the 2021 season. So that's a savvy sign, again, by the front office. Andrew Chafin, it's been tough. And it's been a swing and a miss so far for that one. Abner Uribe, homegrown. Trevor McGill, a trade for a minor leaguer that's got an 8 ERA right now in AA. Uh, And Bryce Wilson has been an unsung hero, as we've talked about all the time. Another trade with the Pirates this past offseason for cash. I I mean, that's some savvy stuff, man. Bullpen, you don't really homegrown bullpen because you can kind of go out and acquire it. But this team operates on the periphery, and everyone thinks, oh, gosh, why are you getting that guy? And then you blink, and oh, my gosh, why didn't we get that guy? That's how this team does it, and the bullpen has been fantastic. And I've talked about this stat before. I'm going to say it again. It's something that I've always tried to find ways to talk about relief pitching that isn't ERA. ERA doesn't really work for relievers because, think about it, you're not throwing multiple innings at a time and as a group. It's not fair to grade them on the same scale as a starter because they may only face a pitcher, a batter once, so... If you've got a three ERA in three innings, that means you allow to run in those three innings. So that's not great. <laughs> I would say for the Brewers, the number that I bring up all the time is something called win probability added. They have the best win probability added among any bullpen in all of baseball. Them and the Blue Jays are the only teams with a seven rating or above, meaning they've essentially added seven wins just on the bullpen alone. And then you can get into the defense, too. Now, the defense has been awesome all year long, and Craig Council mentioned this during the Chicago White Sox series, that you look at things with this team, and why are they so successful at one-run games? Well, pitching and defense, yeah. But when you can actually point out the fact that a one-run game is a one-play moment, right? One play is essentially the difference of the game. And when you're making every play on defense, and when you're pitching the lights out, striking out 17 hitters of an all-star lineup on the other side, that's where your margins come from. And if your offense does anything, you win games like tonight, 7-3, to that were never really in doubt after the third inning. Also against an all-star starter in Yu Darvish. That's my pick for who's hot right now for the Brewers. It's brought to you by Cider Heating Plumbing. And electrical, trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And for a limited time only, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. Offer not valid on cleaning tunes, weekends, or after hours, but it's valid all the way through September 15th. So call now, S-E-I-D-E-R, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. The Brewers, uh, I mentioned that 874 line, the OPS with uh, the last six games, 43 Excuse me, runs scored over that stretch, too. Things are uh, looking up for the offense right now, and I'm really excited to to keep on talking about it here for the Brew Crew. Uh, quick st- check at the desert here as the Diamondbacks have extended their lead 7-4, to four, and they're looking to add on. Old friend Jace Peterson has a triple in that game. Uh, he just came in to score, and uh, the Diamondbacks, this is also significant for the Diamondbacks, because if they sweep this series against the Reds, they will win the season series against Cincy. The, the Reds won three out of four in Cincinnati. But if the Diamondbacks win this three-game series, or sorry, this is a four-game series, I beg your pardon. But if the Diamondbacks win three out of four here, then 
they will win the uh, or they will tie. But if they sweep this series, they win the season series, and they can hold that tiebreaker on them, which of course will be massive down the stretch, as these two teams are going to be interlocking in the wild card race. If you're staying up late with us, we're with you for another 20 minutes or so. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Uh, we're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. He's coming up next right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Welcome back. A few more minutes in the show. Brewers looking for another series win. They've won six games in a row. They'll have Freddie Peralta on the mound tomorrow, Adrian Hauser on Sunday, Wade Miley on Monday, then you could imagine it'll be Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Cubbies. Then another off day next Thursday on the last day of August, then the Phillies are going to come to town. And uh, speaking of the Phillies, uh, they are checking the scores right now. Phillies beat the Cardinals, so there's some good news. Cardinals lose again. 7-2. to two. Uh, By the way, has everyone got over the fact that the Cardinals are in last place? Like the, I, I declared them done for it in June, but you know you're still looking over your shoulder, aren't you? Like, all right, they're going to go on like a 20 game winning streak. I know it, man. I, I'm scared. I, I don't. I get it, but they're done for, man. They're they're they are absolutely done for. By the way, just in that commercial break, in the time that we were waiting to come back, uh, the the Diamondbacks have blown it open. A three run homer, excuse me, a grand slam. I beg your pardon. From Tommy Pham, as the Diamondbacks are now up 11-4 to on the... Or, no, it was a three-run homer. None of, them, none of them matter. It's 11-4. to It's 11-4. to So, there's some good news. The Reds are probably going to fall to five games back uh, here by the end of the night. All right, that's enough from here. Let's hear from the skipper, Craig Council. Brandon Woodruff was great. Rowdy Telez was great. Here's what Council had to say. Game one, I thought his last two innings were got better as the game one. I thought his last two innings were were great. I thought the sixth inning was great, and it was it was good to kind of get him out there. And um, you know, he was feeling good, and he had a, he had a great sixth inning. I thought, um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you get an at bat like that, that you know, that usually takes an inning out of you. Um, but he was he was really good after, and um, it was a good, great performance. With all Rowdy's gone through the last few months, the IL stint and the struggles, just how nice was it to see him kind of end? Yeah, I mean, well, one, it's in a big spot for sure. Um, you know, the three-run homers, those are game changers. And then, uh, you know, I feel good for Rowdy just to, you know, you contribute to a win. Um, and then that's that's huge. That's, that's a big deal. Um, you know, on your way back and injuries some struggles um but to contribute to a win at this time of the year that's that's a big deal and happy for him before that meeting it was the two strike hits and adonis and Contreras. yeah what did you see in those at bats yeah i mean that that's that's right and then we've that's something we've been doing very well and um that that gives rowdy the opportunity to do it um you know we got the lead with it um so you know i thought Willie's hit was was a big one for sure to to extend the inning and, and put another run on the board, um, and then Rowdy with the big swing. Willie, I think like twelve twenty six or something during this winning streak. When he's going good, just how much does it? Can he kind of carry a team? When yeah, I mean, it's, it's we talked about this when he's when he's going good. It's it's there's generally a lot of damage in there, um, and that's what we're getting right now. Um, 
and, and you know you hit in the middle of the lineup there's going to be rbi opportunities most nights um and he's making the most of it right now the length for length for Woodruff too with, you know like the seven weeks starting not long ago and then 107 pitches time. that says to be a good sign with where he's at right really yeah i mean i you know you know he, he's back i mean he's he's part of uh, the the rotation and it's this strength of this rotation is that we can deliver night in and night out um, performances like that, which over the long haul take stress off a bullpen. Um, and, and, you know, you get your starters deep into games, that means they're they're doing their job and they're pitching well. There was a stretch of that game where you were able to put 100 mile an hour guy followed by another under. That's pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, those both those guys are throwing the ball extremely well right now, um, and you know that they've, you know, we talk, if you go back, you know, six weeks, you know, those guys weren't on this team, um, and now we've added two guys that are in a great spot that have power, power arms, um, and that are pitching with a lot of confidence. Could that be considered something of a step for Abner? It wasn't like a one-run game or a tie game, but just find himself in a bit of a jam and has to stay pitch out of it. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're past that, quite honestly, with Abner. There's there's I, I don't need to see anything more. Put him in a spot. Um, he he's he's throwing the ball extremely well. Um, he, he's we're past that. Kind of in a grander, you know, picture of six wins in a row. Does it feel like? All the phases right now are just clicking as far as you know, coming in every day and getting these wins. Yeah, I mean, you put you win six in a row against um, good baseball teams. Um, you're you're playing well, and you got a lot of guys playing well. And uh, you know, I, right, I feel like up. we come in here in the last week, and we're talking about a lot of different names, and um, that's a great sign for your team. It's somebody new. Every night, and you know, Terang had the walk off on Wednesday. Another rookie providing. Uh, we talked about the fact that Devin Williams has been locked down on the back end of his bullpen. He's a candidate for reliever of the year. Brandon Woodruff tonight was awesome. Roddy Celez was awesome tonight. This is what it looks like. Now, it's not always this easy, but this is what it looks like. And we're going to hear what it sounded like coming up next. We're going to get some highlights coming in right here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get and this time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Quick programming note: Bob Euchre not on the call this weekend, resting up and getting ready for the stretch run. As uh, you'll hear Jeff and Lane throughout the call on these highlights, and there were plenty of them. Brewers against you, Darvish, and the Padres. They counter with Brandon Woodruff themselves, and more on him in a moment. The Brewers would open the scoring in the third inning, and they would do it in a flurry. It all started at the bottom of the order again. A leadoff single from Bryce Durang. Tyro Taylor was hit by a pitch. Then with one out, William Contreras at the plate to open things up. Darvish is 2-2. It's a ground ball past the diving Cronenworth and into right field. Terang is going to score. They'll hold Taylor at third. It's an RBI single for Contreras. And the Brewers on the board. It's 1-0 crew. Lane Grindle's call there. Now, Carlos Santana would pop out, so now there's two outs for Willie Adamas. He would fall behind 0-2 against Hugh Darvish, so you're thinking, oh, no, that's all they're going to get, just that one run. Willie, he's been hot lately. He had other ideas. Right at the letters in the pitch, and it is lined into center field for a base hit. 
Down the line to score is Taylor. First to third goes Contreras as he was off with the pitch anyway. And the Brewers now with a 2 to nothing lead and runners still on the corners with two away. And then the big man, Rowdy Telez, playing in his first home game since the 4th of July. Remember, he was placed on the injured list initially for a forearm issue, then stayed on the injured list because of the fractured finger that he's still playing through right now. He's still got bandages. He's dealing with pain every day. And for the first time since May. 1-1 to Telez. Breaking ball. Hammered out to right center field. Long run for Grisham. At the track. Wall. Gone! Rowdy Telez, welcome back. A three-run shot, and it's a five-spot in the third for the crew. Over 120 at-bats since his last homer, his longest homerless drought in his career, and they blew it open. A three-run homer made it 5 nothing crew. But what about Brandon Woodruff during all this time? He would allow a solo homer to Manny Machado, but that would be the last hit he would allow of the three total of the game. In fact, he got rolling from there. He got aided by a great catch and left by Christian Yelich in the fourth. Got, uh, got Gary Sanchez looking to end the fourth. Then in the fifth, struck out uh, Garrett Cooper. Then came back to the top of the order, struck out Fernando Tatis Jr. on his 95th pitch of the night, or 93rd pitch of the night. Everyone thought he would be done after that. No, he comes back for the sixth inning and came out with a vengeance. Contreras goes away, the 2-2. Struck him out looking. Woodruff strikes out the side in the sixth. He's got 11 in the game. What a night for Woodruff against the Padres. 107 pitches later, he earns the win with 11 Ks, his 19th career double-digit strikeout game. How about some more strikeouts? Getting into the bullpen now. The new guy, Abner Uribe. And the pitch. Slider swinging a miss. He struck him out. Three strikeouts in a scoreless seventh for Abner Uribe. He left two stranded at the time there as well. And how about just a little more offense just for good measure? Willie Adamas is aboard for uh, uh, with an RBI single uh, in help from Fernando Tatis Jr. on a bad throw. And then taking advantage of the error, one more from Rowdy. This is lying past the glove of Cronenworth and into right field. Around third goes Adamas. It's an RBI single for Rowdy Telez, and it's 7-1 Brew Crew. His fourth RBI of the night, second hit as well, and the Brewers would win 7-3 to tonight. Handling the Padres in Game 1. Game 2 tomorrow at 6-10. Freddie Peralta taking the mound for the crew. We'll wrap up the program with some bigger thoughts here in a moment on WTMJ. I'm thinking. Last few minutes of the show here, and I know I gave you the score a little bit ago about the Diamondback game. Well, there's some chaos happening because that homer I mentioned for Tommy Pham, that three-run homer, turns out there was fan interference on it, and the video is kind of wacky. Spencer Steer went up and over the wall, and I couldn't tell if the kid put over the yellow line or not, but Steer was definitely over the line, and they called Fender interference on the home run ball. I've always under the impression that if you're going over the wall, you're in the fans' territory now. They can do whatever you want, just like a foul ball. But if you're, the fan is reaching over, then it's fan interference. Nonetheless, it's 8-4. to four. Diamondbacks leading. They're in the bottom of the eighth inning with two outs, uh, so they're f- just three outs away from making it a five-game lead over the Reds in the division. Uh, this was uh, prompted to me by our producer, Tommy Wirtz, here tonight, talking about some of the end-of-the-year awards. And, you know, we, we, we talk about the fact that this team probably, you know, they're not going to have MVP votes. They're not going to have really Cy Young votes this year either with the way that Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta had slow starts and Brandon Woodruff has been hurt all year. They're 
greater by the sum of their parts. They definitely have gold gloves in consideration from Bryce Terang at second base, Joey Weimer in center field as well. But we we got to make sure the voters are aware that what Craig Council is doing here absolutely deserves to finally get that elusive manager of the year if they pull this off, right? If they win this division and they do so continuing to win in the way that they're doing it right now. Three times he's been runner-up. And I'm still, honestly, still mad at the fact that sometimes we get lazy. Sometimes the media gets lazy and just says, ah, just give it to the best records, right? No big deal. Buck Showalter last year. Like, if they give it to... If you give it to a Brian Snitker or a Dave Roberts this year, what has the manager done on those teams that helped them better, that they deserve manager of the year? The The Braves lineup's the same every day. The Brewers lineup has changed every day. I just want to make sure we keep this in the form of, like, Craig Council's having a manager of the year season in a walk year, if you will, since he's not extended yet. But just it's August 25th, but let's make sure that generate some mojo here coming into September because he absolutely deserves it this season for what he's done with this club. We're back tomorrow, 5 o'clock for Brewers warm-up. I've got you there. And then first pitch at 6-10, Brewers and Padres game two. My thanks to our producer, Tommy Wirtz. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.